sports things. Did you see a guy kick a ball last night? No, he threw the ball. <laughs> oh, I understand. <laughs> oh man, the ball. <laughs> it's a lot of like pretending you know about things while simultaneously pretending you know no things. I think I think that's how I would uh, best describe male male interaction. Whoa. Okay. Catherine, I just fell off of the corkboard. Oh, hey. Hey, thanks. I'm just sitting down. I just went for a snack. Thank you. You got yeah, you got, you got free? Uh, yeah, no. I mean, it was, it was just a lot of wiggling and some help from some of the uh, rats that live in the ceiling. Did you know rats live in the ceiling here? So there was rats and tigers? Did the tiger eat the rats? Tiger. Well, yeah, it was a distraction. It's classic. Okay. That's a classic baiting rats. move. I don't know if you've ever like hunted and trapped in Southeast Asia uh, while a corkboard was affixed to your back, but uh, you know it, it's coming handy. Did you get Finally. me a snack? Um, nope. Mm. It's the Doom to Fail podcast. Continuing it was our episode. Really good. On I had some artisanal pumpkin seeds. Concerts. My name is Tim Dobbs, and with me, as ever, is the perennially stuffed foodie, Catherine Kogert. Delicious snacks. Delicious snacks. I'm sorry. You might not have heard me. I said it's good to be here. <laughs> uh, I couldn't tell through all that food you were chewing. It was definitely real food I was chewing and not fake Foley effects. Ah, uh, well. Um, is it... If- Mm. Well, that's a, that's a rabbit hole we don't need to go down. Uh, we're continuing <laughs> our episode on concerts, and uh, where we last left off last week. Wait, wait, hang on. Last time on Doom to Fail. Okay. Uh, where are the diamonds? Show me where you hid the diamonds. <laughs> but mom, I love him. I have cancer, too. Uh, and finally, I thought Nerdcore... Uh, would be mostly the providence of young white men. Those are, those are the four things that happened on last week's Doom to Fail. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I think we left off with this idea that it could be a good sort of uh, going to a concert for young white men, uh, as, as so many of the institutions in this world are. Um, it, it lets you know you're with your people, right? That's kind of where we left it off. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, You're uh, with your people. Um, yeah, and so that could be sort of heartwarming. Mm-hmm. I often feel like like I would love to go to a Beyonce concert, but I feel like I would go partially partially as like a like a cultural experience to be like, oh, this is a side of culture I never really get to experience. And so mm-hmm. this that would be like an aspect of going to a Beyonce concert because I'm like, I don't really know what Beyonce fans are like. What what are Beyonce sure. fans like? I'm curious. And so I would go. I think everyone's a Beyonce fan, right? Isn't she? She's transcended a uh, genre. Is that is has that been mandated by Barack Obama now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't like the racial overtones this podcast is taking. No, on. no, 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 um, no. I think that uh, Barack just respects the Queen. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, so, so, 
you know, I mean, say what you will about has, how, how he's been able to be effective, this whole, like, federal government. But, like, I think, really, the whole government is pretty behind Beyonce. It was a Republican initiative. Just saying. <laughs> you know, no, it was, it was a cross-aisle thing. It was, it was bipartisan. They made every day Beyonce Day. Yeah, that's a what the unorthodox. Republicans are touting it as. But, I mean, come on. <laughs> we all know this was well, you, a big win for their constituents. <laughs> you were trying so hard to make this crossfire. <laughs> I have been since day one, and you finally notice. Uh, I did go to a Brother Ali concert once. Um, I noticed this specifically because so there was a concert venue in uh, Visalia, California, where I used to live. And uh, it's a small town, but it has one good concert venue. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty good because um, it's between L.A. and San Francisco. And there's a wily promoter there who manages to get a lot of the bands as they Is move from one to the place? other. Is this pizza place? <laughs> no, okay. but that was actually pretty good too. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing what you can do when you're like a day's drive from, or half a day's drive from either LA or San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. But the concert uh, venue I was thinking of is a little more dedicated than the pizza place that we saw Foster the People at. Which was cool. We saw them the summer before their hit got really big. We were really cool. It was cool. Yeah. And what did you do? You said, "Oh my God, you guys were so great," and the guy smoking said, "Thanks." That was our yeah. uh, interaction with that them. That was really yeah. a special time for me. There's our doomed to field trip. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I just it. really liked that. <laughs> Go on. I'm cool now. <laughs> Hang on. I fixed it. I fixed it. I, guys, come back. I fixed it. I'm cool. I'm, uh, nuts. Uh, no, the, the venue in Visalia, uh is a little more central. And it's uh, one. I, I just remember it really explicitly because one week I saw they just didn't really have anybody. So they had this like local cover band come in. Um, I forget their their whole thing was that they were all over forty. I for, their, their name was a pun on that, but I forget what it was. Um, over the and, hail, uh, and the lead singer yeah, was know, like was a guy whose name was Hail. Yeah, <laughs> a whiter shade of over the of beyond the pale. No, wait, that would be people who pushed the envelope. <laughs> that would be people who were like over ninety on a band <laughs> beyond the pale. Beyond, beyond the, the pale into translucent. That's what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, they were all just, I don't remember what it was, but they were pretty good. You know, they just kind of played like, you know, classic rock hits and, and they d- did a good job and everyone kind of like, you know, it's just a lot of random cross section of people from the town mm-hmm. having a beer, hanging out. Yeah. Um, that sounds like and the a next time concert. I went, it was, it was nice. Uh, the next time I went was a week later and I saw brother Ali who, uh, you know, is a rapper mm-hmm. and, uh, I got patted down on my way in and <laughs> almost everyone there was, uh, like, yeah, like a, a thug, thug life kind of guy. Sure. Except, you know, the people there who are drove some violence up and down Del Monte that, Boulevard. Yeah. Del Monte. Well, what was the name of that main main drag in Visalia? Uh, Mooney, Mooney, Mooney. Yeah, Mooney. Why am I thinking Del yeah. Monte? I don't even know. I don't know. Mooney well, I mean Boulevard. the fruit. Yeah, I'm that, always thinking of some of the fruit. There was a lot of cruising going on on that boulevard. Well, have we talked about cruising on the podcast, or have we? Have we? I don't know. It totally amazed me. I'm sure some people grew up. With cruising being a normal part of their life, mm-hmm. but the idea that this road had to have a sign that said no cruising on it, yeah. and I didn't know what that meant, uh, just astounded me. I guess it was just the thing you did. You would just loop the block very slowly in your souped-up car. Friday night. Yeah. Friday night, baby. Did I tell you one time I was, like, running an errand down there after work, and, um, you know, I had the little VW bug, the little convertible VW bug, and it was a nice night, so mm-hmm. I figured I'd, you know, put the put the top down and whatever. You were cruising. I Catherine, wasn't cruising I at all. I was running an errand at Best Buy and then coming back. Um, okay, as long as you don't cruise an errand at Best but, Buy. But, you know, some, some 
gentlemen pulled up next to mm-hmm. me and they were like, mm-hmm. hey, girl, what's going on? And I just didn't say anything. And I just rolled up the top of my BW bag. <laughs> but it took like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it took like the entire stoplight. <laughs> I love this. I, I feel like. I, I never really truly understood the American spirit as filtered through the Californian spirit because, uh, to some extent, that's what we think of when we think of the American spirit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, until I understood that the street could be a place to meet people in some places, which was really not a case where I grew up. No. But yeah, you could just no. like, you could meet someone who you could become good friends with just like because you were driving next to them. Yeah. Oh my God. Huh. That was a big thing of Visalia. <laughs> Imagine that. Anywho. Uh,. Yeah, so so that was really interesting because it was a bunch of these, like, yeah, I don't know, like, young thug-type guys. And, you know, maybe some of them were actually thugs and a lot of them were probably posing. Um, they had a uh, uh, this T-shirt that said, so the area code in Central California is 559. And so a lot of them had this T-shirt that it was, it was two nickels and a nine millimeter. And they would cheer, they would, like, you know, cheer or chant, like, nickel, nickel, nine! Oh, that's cute! Which, that's cute! Oh, it's not. It's cute. <laughs> ah, Whatever. Uh, I mean, I'm no better. I, I, I've, uh, when Facebook first started, I joined a group that took unnatural pride in my grown up area code. Did you, did you ever have any area code pride? Uh, no, because I grew up in 360 and 360 is a little bit awkward because it is, um, basically all of Western Washington that isn't Seattle. Mm, I see. So they all know you're an outsider. (laughs) You say "Mm, 360, no one has any idea where you're from. Uh, uh, well, I'm sorry. Uh, it's okay. There's a lot of 206 pride. Is that that's the Seattle area code? Yeah, there's not a lot of 425 pride, which is Everett and like Greater Seattle area. Mm, worse or Seattle, more like, huh? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I, that's yeah, right. I feel bad for 425. <laughs> Do you guys have an overlay yet? What's that? Or are you still a little baby city? We're still a baby uh, city, I imagine. It's where there's there's enough uh, person density that instead of continuing to divide down the area codes, they just give one area two different area codes. Oh, uh, no. None of that yet. Fortunately. Mm, okay. Yeah. Uh, that's good. Usually the people who get the newer area code, because like you had to change cell phone plans or something, you're ostracized. No one, They're like, you're not from here. Go away. <laughs> Oh man, I wonder if I don't know. Do you have a? Do you still have a Connecticut area code? You sure do. Yeah, eight six zero, man. Eight six zero. I feel like it's becoming less of like, oh, I live here now, and more of like, well, I grew up there, and I just got my cell phone there, and now I just kind of have the same number. Yeah, it's wherever you lived in two thousand five. It's a little bit of biography that you get whenever you get someone's phone it number. It really is, yeah. I do that. When I get someone's number, I just like, you know, I've been chatting with them, you know, at some social event and then, you know, oh, well, give me your number. I'll text you when, when we should meet up. And then as I get the number, I go, oh, 354. What is that? And it's like, oh, Southwestern Kentucky. Southwestern Kentucky, you say. But you, you would never go to a Brother Ali show. I'm surprised that you're not one of the guys who um, uh-huh. is uh-huh. aware. Where's this going? Could <laughs> no, be going it's anywhere. not going anywhere. Flattering. Don't it's going to be trouble. Um, that you're not haven't like memorized all of the area codes and where they are geographically, so that you can be like, oh, you're from Albuquerque. Oh, you're from New Mexico. Okay. Well, first off, don't tell me that wasn't going somewhere because if that's if that's not a judgmental statement, I don't know what is. Oh no, I, I told you it wasn't going anywhere. Flattering. That's what I said. Those oh, were my flattering. Words. I see. Yeah. I see. 
then here, here I gave you the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> oh, big mistake. Uh, no, I, I, I guess I, I don't know. I do like knowing certain area codes, but I try to come by it honestly. Like, you know, uh, honestly, if, if, because well, googling you know I mean? it is very dishonest. <laughs> it is. Everyone knows that. It's just this golden rule of trivia games, which is what is life if not one big trivia game? And that is how you explain my personality. The um, more you know. No, like, like if uh, if I get someone and they have a Seattle area code, I know enough people in Seattle where I'll recognize the code because I'm like, oh yeah, that's the thing that comes up when I punch in their name on my phone. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Seattle. And then, then you have a nice conversation. You have something actually in common instead of like the time that I overheard a guy trying to impress a girl by knowing all of the airport codes. Yeah, that's why I brought it up because of that specific tweet. Uh, <laughs> because your tweet was... I know more airport codes than this guy. I am clearly I don't, the alpha I don't know male. that I know more. It's just that he was getting them wrong. <laughs> he was like, he throws L-O-N. And I was like, no, no, no. L-O-N is the code you use to mean London area airports. Come on. Come on. So did Could they leave Gatwick? together? Could be Stansted. Uh, yeah, they made out at the table. Uh, it's gross. For realsies? <laughs> no. Aw. No, I'm disappointed. Oh, I know. Well, what world do you want to live in? Let's pick. I already did. I just told you. <laughs> okay. Great. Well, they made out at the table, and we'll be right back in a moment on the Dibberfield Podcast. On the Doom to Fail podcast, talking about concerts. Catherine's waving to the people. Hello. Hi. Hello. They're doing fans. Breath molecules. Breath molecules. <laughs> it feels uh, unsanitary so many breath molecules. to do that. Love you. Well, I'm... No, fair enough. Not a I apologize call. to the listener. Get yourself a white nap. Not a judgment call. I just It feels unsanitary mm. for me to do that because I'm such a gross, disgusting pig. Fair enough. So in your in your world, is a judgment call uh, a judgy call? Is that like, well, you know, like, how was the movie? Well, it's sort of a judgment call. Um, I hated the way it treated women. Or... <laughs> no, the well, fact that you said... I mean, so what do you think? Should, that... we, should we hire this guy? It's a judgment call. He smelled, I thought. He was a little mean to me. <laughs> no, no, no. What I said was a judgment call. Um, I called some judgment. I... Like judges? Just people you know? <laughs> I don't think that's Hello, is this Judge Smithson? I uh, have some legal precedent I'd like to discuss with you. <laughs> oh, man. if I What I wouldn't give for some judge friends to discuss some legal precedent. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, am I gross? I mean, has this been, has this been argued in case history? <laughs> case law? Trial law? Um, law law. Blah, 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 blah. Speaking of uh, unintelligibleness, you know what's really important is uh, setting up your microphones correctly. 
And have you ever lo- looked at like the sound setup at a concert? Uh, it's really wiry. Like, it is. There's so many wires. And not wiry in the sense of like like a, a dog that hasn't eaten enough. But like Or like, yeah, just a really kinda skinny but strong dude. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. uh hmm. like a who's dog a that famous has eaten person enough. like that. That's like that. Like uh, a like an emaciated Ryan Gosling would be wiry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like when he did that movie about starving. It was an art thing. Okay. That sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> It was like, uh, well, you know, Drive, right? Sure. Well, it was like Drive, but except it was Starve. <laughs> Same, you know, <laughs> 80s soundtrack. I I really love yeah. that about his films. <laughs> exactly. He was an unnamed character who just didn't eat the entire movie. Right. It was incidental to the plot. There was an actual plot as well, but at the entire time, he's just not eating. The, there was so. never a shot of him eating the entire movie. He's, no shots at all, and so the the viewer is left to assume <laughs> he probably didn't eat at all. Yeah. I bet he, I bet he didn't have any meals. Just like we he are left to assume. He even had that one scene in the diner. <laughs> we are left the, to his... assume that celebrities never use the bathroom. <laughs> I mean, it's all we can assume. These are the stories Hollywood is telling us. I don't know. I only know what I see. And what I see yeah. is nobody using the bathroom. Exactly. You see the absence of bathroom using. <laughs> it, it looms large in every film you see. Every film. When is he going to go pee? Except Bridesmaids. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. See, once again, that movie strikes a, uh, a, a blow, blow for, for realism. feminism, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Good for them. Representing people as they actually are. Yeah. Pooping. Pooping. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's been a great episode. Um... <laughs> I think we're all ready to pack it in right now. Uh, but wait, there's but, but, more. <laughs> but wait. <laughs> Enter the bonus segment, which is the rest of the episode. Um, so, yeah. So I guess I hadn't given it a lot of thought. But, like, so I, I ran this live show um, uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I was suddenly aghast at how many microphones and cables I needed. And, of course, a live show, it was a panel show. Like, this wasn't a concert. Oh, that's so, so many. Right. Well, it's only so it's, the only concert you could have done that would have been less taxing than that would have been like a funk band concert. I mean, it would have been more right. taxing. I screwed that up. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, funk band would have been pretty taxing. Oh, I don't know, taxing. like a. I, I I think maybe yeah, like a you know Bob Dylan before he went electric concert might have been pretty easy to mic. Yeah. I think you just stick a mic in front of him. Or like a uh, Tom Petty. Uh, well, maybe, but if he's, you know, so here's the thing, Tom Petty, though, that's a big, uh, that's an arena rock at, at some point. He's that popular, right? True. Yes. All right. So let's count the mics real quick because it's the best thing to do uh, in a friendly conversation such as this. Go on. So, all right. So you're miking his vocals. Then you probably have one or two backup vocals. We're up to three. And then um, probably all of the uh, instruments are just plugged in. But, you know, that's, I don't know. Two guitars, a bass player, maybe some keyboards. Uh, you're looking at four or five more, right. although they're not microphones. But then, here's where you get it. The drummer is probably like eight mics, because every drum needs to be mic'd. Really? Okay, okay. Here's the crazy thing, is like, if you're just kind of like, let's just kind of get the vague sound of things, then, yeah, <laughs> stick a mic in there. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> like, it'll just be like, yeah, you've got two ears and you're standing near the speakers. Life's good. I um, mean, I guess that shouldn't surprise me but it's not what i expected but there's no reason that i should be surprised by that but i guess i assume that like audio av stuff was like some insanely difficult science no you just add it all up (laughs) (laughs) i mean there's there's some complex electrical engineering that goes into like the signal processing and stuff but like as far as like setting a thing up it's like 
it's it's what you expect. But then when you actually do that process, you're like, oh, geez, that's a lot of equipment. Mm-hmm. That's like, because if you ever want to engineer the sound in any way, like even just to the point of like, boy, that snare drum is super duper loud and the singer can't sing that loud. So I have to, you know, have the singer's mic way louder. Uh, right. You need to have a mic on every single one. So it's like, well, 16 mics and then, you know, 45 foot cable because it's got to get somewhere else mm-hmm. and then mixing boards, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so this is why I asked if you'd ever noticed uh, any microphones on any system, because I think it's all really different, like a Beyonce show. You know, I, that's probably got a million microphones, plus like, you know, weird drum loopers and resamplers and like, a, uh, I don't know, a whole light show. Plus, you know, getting uh, into lights. Yeah. And a tiny baby. And hydraulic stages for the tiny baby. Did they put that baby in like like a robot suit? Like, can it dance around? Oh. I just assume it's sort of like you know, it, it's sort of placed in the center of an exoskeleton and it controls it. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think that's yeah. where she goes. Like, you go, mommy, with the robot, and then she does the robot <laughs> to support fist. her mom. Yeah, <laughs> and then they they do the single lady stance together, or maybe to tell us that her mom is a robot. Oh, she's pointing. She's pointing at Beyonce. Be like, no one can have those legs. No one. No one. Only robots. Um, Only robots. And yep. honestly, if Beyonce is a robot, seriously, more power to her because we need more strong robots in media. Yeah, I think so. I mean, what else have we really even seen? I mean, Johnny Five. He's a weakling. Oh God. He's nebbishy. That the was what Johnny Five's man, problem was. Lamesville. Yeah, that's like your dad. That's that's the white it's patriarchy that. robot. It's the white patriarchy robot. I don't want we can rebuild him. Bot. We can make him better, more privileged, richer, <laughs> with more power than ever before. I'm sorry, he was already a white man. He had everything. <laughs> he didn't need super strength and super speed too. It's unbelievable. I can't. It was a strange character choice to make him the CEO of a multinational company, but you know, so it goes. That's the '70s for you. I don't know. Do we have any modern robots like on television today? Um. Gosh, I think Kyle XY was an alien, and also I think from like five or ten years ago. Uh, yeah, we're behind the times. <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I might be forty now. Just saying. <laughs> oh look, it just happened one day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. There's I don't know be. where they would. Uh... I feel like there's like more science fiction and fantasy shows than ever right now, but I can't think of any mm. robot characters. Yeah, well, we're exploring we're exploring humanity and zombies, I think, largely these days. Uh, yeah. You know what I think our problem is? Uh, there's no Star Trek on the air. If we had some Star Trek on the air, there'd be some robots on the air. Mm, but the last one went really poorly. Ah, Scott Bakula, why? Had a cute yeah. dog, though. Yeah, the dog really, the dog really <laughs> carried that thing through. Really did. I remember I always called it Cheddar. What Do you was remember the name? dog's name? No, no idea. Porthos. Porthos. Lame. Like, it should uh, have been called Cheddar because Cheddar is a cute name for a dog like that. <laughs> That's true. I think Cheddar is a great name for a squat little dog. <laughs> Porthos. Or Banjo. Oh, I think that would be a great a dog name. <laughs> we almost called my childhood dog Banjo. Really? Uh, Interesting. Well, the problem was, though, it was a... Uh, so, I had been playing the video game Banjo-Kazooie a lot, um. and... I was just like scrolling through a Rolodex of possible things to call this dog we just picked up from the pound, mm-hmm. and Banjo came out, and my stepmom said, oh, I like Banjo, and then so the dog was named Banjo for like two days, but the problem was everyone subconsciously assumed Banjo was a male dog's name, and it was a female dog, uh, so we changed the dog's name to Sophie. Banjo's a very gender normative word. <laughs> yeah, it is. It ends in O, yeah. if it was Banja. Banja. 
But then, they, you know, it kind of sounds like ganja, and, you know, there's a whole drug reference thing in there, and dogs really shouldn't get into that. No. Not until they're 18. <laughs> in dog years, of course. Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. I mean, you don't want to be morbid about it. Although, I guess there's an argument for comfort at the end of their life. This is, well, now that we've reached a dog death, I think it's time to take a break, recoup. Let's try to let's try to think happy thoughts, and we'll be right back in a moment on the Doofus Podcast. Bookstore in the Beats era of San Francisco. It's doomed to fail talking about concerts, third act. Uh, so, with regard to. Um, I, so I guess this is sort of a meshing. So, we've got our. You know, concerts let you meet the people, be with your people, you know, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. I think you can sort of start to do, we did a taxonomy last week of the kind of, like, the kinds of concerts. You know, there's the, you know, uh, the girl talk, like, it's basically a dance party, but there's a guy there live. And then there's, you know, um, the, God, I wish I could sit down kind of concert. And then, you know, various things in between. Um, yeah, your nerdcore, which is really mm-hmm. mostly about subject matter. Um, yep, yep, exactly. But, so so I think you could probably correlate a lot of these with, uh you know audio setup you know like what how much gear is required and so i wonder if if you would feel um i don't know particularly put off by like too big a setup or too little of a setup or perhaps something in between you know so like the van halens of the world right uh you know if you saw if you saw their rider and you were like green m&ms only or no brown or whatever it was uh that probably means that they have some sort of i don't know animatronic devil or something (laughs) uh I assume you just read the writers of every show you go to. Uh, then, I mean, is is that off-putting? Is is like too much pyrotechnic? Too much? Does that say these are not my people? These are. Um, no, I think other? because I've started consuming concerts primarily in music festival form because I feel like it's mm. more of a bang for your buck situation. Sure, um, those are expensive though. Expensive music festivals. They are expensive, but like. So you work it out like, okay, if I go to this many concerts a day, then I'm getting my money's mm-hmm. worth. So it's <laughs> like this sure. many like things. And then you have like the comedy versus the, uh, I balanced out with comedy and music. So it's like, I don't get too exhausted just continuing to go to concerts because I'll go to some comedy and then I'll, you know, recoup for, at that. And then, you know, go to some more music. Um, right, right. So I, I'm doing a little bit of a cost benefit analysis when I do that, I admit. Sure. At the heart of all music is cost benefit analysis. <laughs> kind of, yes. And that's why the music industry isn't doing very well. I mean, you're right. That's yeah. <laughs> we all just went. Eh, you know, I don't need twenty dollars of that. <laughs> Ten dollars, uh, maybe. Um, but so I, the great thing about a music festival, though, is because you have a real range of like the really high tech, high equipment shows, kind of the lower tech, just like it's just like a dude and a guitar. And that's kind mm-hmm. of the show. Um, we made some 
it's an it's a weird Seattle show, so we made some weird construction paper exhibit around him to justify this. this. But this is starting to sound like a specific show. It's but... a real thing that happened this year. Uh, <laughs> construction paper? Yeah, there was a construction paper exhibit. It was like an art exhibit, but they had live shows there, and it was just a person and a guitar. But it was like a pond made out of construction paper. It was real weird. That is weird. It was weird. Um, you know, in a fun way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but then that night they had like Wu-Tang Clan, which had lots of lights and it was super loud. And I got to make fun jokes about Wu-Tang Clan being nothing to mess with. Um, sure. Yeah. Pretty good. Thanks, Tim. And <sighs> no, I like I uh, really enjoyed the range. And I guess one thing that I wanted to add to what you were saying earlier about... Uh-huh concerts being a place where you can find your people or find a niche it can also be a way for you to force yourself to get out of a comfort zone and try something that's mm-hmm. totally different because i can force myself to go to a wu-tang concert and be like out of my comfort zone but i'm gonna do some ex- or what am i trying to say here horizon expanding visually you were kind of throwing an elbow there so i don't know i'm expanding Did you my horizons oh i see that, that was a metaphorical, you know, taking up space, I not a uh, physical one. I was punching through the horizon to expand it. <laughs> like Bruce Lee, the one-inch punch through the horizon. <laughs> um, so, did, but did you find yourself doing um, sort of concert as anthropology? I think we talked about this, but like this kind of, I felt like, I, I was back and forth on like that Brother Ali show, because like, he's a super duper good rapper, and, and I really like like his whole backing band and everything, but at I the like same time, I'm watching these like 18-year-olds, you know? He's a very mindful Muslim, and he's like very into his faith, and he like puts mm-hmm. a lot of that into his songs, and I think he's a really There's interesting There's a lot to artist. listen to. Yeah, but his yeah. fans are a little bit, you know, thug life. So... <laughs> What's who he's speaking to? Well, I mean, not entirely, but like, I, if he speaks to them, then great, you know. What? Absolutely. Uh, oh, absolutely. So, but, um, but 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 I guess what I was saying is like, I, my time was sort of split between really enjoying this music and like, uh, oh, okay. So so here's what happened that it examples it. Some verb um, is the whole sound system cut out for like a second. Just it was like a power failure, like a, a circuit blew or something, and. Right in the middle of a song. And so suddenly everything's down. And, like, the crowd just starts making noise. And, uh, you know, Brother Ali's a big guy. And he can really, you know, fill a room with just his voice without even the mic. You know, it wasn't that big a room. And um, and so he's just trying to get people quiet. And they just keep getting louder and, like, like you know, more agitated and, like, shoving around. And, mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, like, he really had to shout. And, like, normally he controls a room. Like, because he just has a lot of gravitas. But, like, he was just, like, you know doing his very very best to like keep these people in control till the music came back on and then the music came back on and like everyone went back to enjoying the party but it's just kind of like i mean no amount of like weird technical difficulties would make me like start you know getting rowdy i would be more likely to be like ah this is taking a while i guess i get my phone out like could go home and um, catch some how to get away with murder you know the cost (laughs) yeah the cost benefit analysis says uh uh, maybe it's not worth the rest of this show. I, I can listen to this on LP. Um, <laughs> um, but, I, I mean, so did you feel that way? Like, Wu-Tang? Or, like, really, I mean, it sounds like you, you've had a fairly wide breadth of uh, of concerts recently. Like, any, any kind of concert where you don't feel like, I'm super into this music, and I know other people are super into this music, and, you know, whatever. Yeah. I think... So, I try to stay away from treating a concert as, like... 
an anthropology study you were mentioning because I feel like that I don't know I feel like mm-hmm. it puts you know like I cited a it. barrier between me and you know the experience or like being with my fellow concert goers because I feel like that's me mm-hmm. trying to like rise above it which that's uh, bullshit um, sure but I think in a situation like you were in like where you're like I kind of feel fear for my safety because of the way these people are reacting to the situation. Because uh, I know if I were in your shoes, I would definitely be afraid for my safety because I am five foot one and very weak. <laughs> and it sounds like these yeah, people were very enough. strong. Uh, I mean, they were like, you know, 18. So it's not so much about strength. It's about like, uh, I don't know, like rashness, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the larger issue here. <laughs> um. So I guess in that situation, you are, like, forced to, like, take out of it. And it's, like, it's really apparent to you, like, oh, we have different experiences, you and I. We are coming from different fundamental places. Um, yeah. Maybe because well, you are 18 good. and you have to go home to your mom who's going to give you a hard time about how you were out late. And I'm just going to mm-hmm. go home and maybe watch some Netflix. And that's going to yeah. be really enjoyable. <laughs> um, so this, Living the dream. This experience is, is more uh, important to you than to me. Uh, <laughs> mm, that's interesting. So, I don't know. I think I try to stay away from approaching a concert. Like, this is me trying to, like, learn about other cultures. I try to say, like, well, this isn't something I would normally do, but it's good to do things that you don't normally <laughs> yeah. do. You gotta be careful. Before you know it, you're like George Bush at that time. Uh, he was in Africa and, like, danced along with the tribes. Uh, <laughs> Not good PR. Playing a gourd, yeah. That was... Oh, uh, he couldn't have looked worse there. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, yeah, of course you don't go in, but I, th- I think, I don't know. I guess it's just hard for me to approach every concert I go to as going to be one of the greatest experiences of my life. Sometimes I get bored. A lot of concerts suck. Concerts are largely boring. Yeah. A lot of them are real bad. Yeah. Um, um, though... I mean, so, so I think, I think, go ahead. No, I was just going to talk about one particularly good concert I went to recently. Maybe we should stop talking about particular concerts. Yeah, let's stop doing that. I think I was going to, too. So let's make a pact. Let's pinky swear together. Can you do a three-way? Can we do it with the listener? Me, you, the listener? You, do me, three-way and the pinky swears work? of the listener. Ooh, it's oh, cold. chills. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> uh, Buddy. Um, so. I mean, yeah, okay. So I, I think we both agree, though, that most concerts are pretty bad. And that it's something special when they are. And I think... I think, I guess what I'm getting at with a lot of this anthropology thing uh, is that it's not that I went in going like, what are these people about? It's more like I showed up. I was like, this will be fun. I've heard of this band or like I haven't heard of this band, but I like this kind of music or whatever. Um, And then I get bored halfway through the songs and I start thinking of Love's Lost and all those other (laughs) thoughts that that waft over me when it's, you know, it's too quiet or there's too much noise for me to have a conversation. And you can't help notice the, the, like, cadre of bros mashing beside you. (laughs) As Uh, as an example. Yeah, as an example. Um, Did I say mashing? I meant moshing. Yeah, you know, potatoes, potatoes. Potatoes, Um, (laughs) brotatoes. Yeah. Uh, you say frittata, I say frat, bro. No, it's not going to work. But <laughs> Nice, nice effort. I went on a limb. Um, but I think uh, what will happen there, yeah, so I start to get bored and I, you know, go, well, 
I, you know, this music's good, and I, you know, I'm trying to listen intently, but I'm looking over at the ma- mashing, the mashing bros, as they prepare their Thanksgiving dinner. The, the, the passion that has alighted in them through this music has been like, yo, we need to get some potatoes now. I'm going to mash this up and, like, just whip it with cream, and you cook the bird, and you make the Maybe the a little beets. dash of lemon, a um, little dash of cumin, because I like to get crazy with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's a funky party. Come on. This is, uh, yeah. But anyway, anyway, so so I I look at them and I don't know. I guess I'm left with going like, wow, what's going on in their head that's different than mine? And I don't know if it's just because. Uh, what is it? What, what do you think it is? Do you think it's just well, this is a special moment for them and it's arbitrary, or that they're you know young people and young people have more intense feelings, or like <laughs> what's what's going on, Captain? No, I think I have a similar experience when I see we'll call them Jimmy Buffers. <laughs> Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a few of I these think they, they have a name, music right? festival, and I prefer music yeah. festivals over a single concert event of like, just sure. like old people. Economies like, of scale. Dude, we're going to go to Bumbershoot. We're going to be old people. We're going to have sunscreen on our nose. We're going to wear lays. <laughs> I'm going to wear a maxi skirt and have my wrinkly old arms wrinkling around and be like, awesome. And I don't really give a crap how many high schoolers are smoking pot around me. I don't really care <laughs> because this is me now. This is where I'm going to have fun and I'm just committing to it. And I'm really excited to be that woman one day. Yeah. Do you think we'll get there? Do you think oh. Do you think we can ever experience the joy of just like not caring at all and uh, hanging out with high schoolers? Yeah. I, I think that if you want anything bad enough, you can get it. All right. Well, let's let's leave it there. Uh, go to a Toots in the Maytel concert. I think that's a, you can get it if you really want. Um <laughs> And so, just like Toots, uh, we'll be back again someday. I believe in him. I really liked his music. Um, and uh, until then, that's Catherine Kogut over there. Tim Dobbs right on over here. Bye. Bye-bye. We stand away again in Margaritaville. Take me home, I'm feeling stressed. Put down your phone and I'll tell you what's happening next. Honey, you're passing the test She sees what she wants to see Ooh.